Welcome into Road to the Draft, presented by Raymond James. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith, and we have made it. It is our last <laughs> Road to the it's Draft. The last stop on the road. The last stop on the road, the last exit. Pulled this into is the it. Driveway. <laughs> yes, we are officially here because the draft is next week and so this is our final one of these and we've talked about a lot of different positions we've talked about a lot of different strategies and players and all of that but one thing we have not talked as much about that i think in particular in the last week has gotten a little bit more steam or attention maybe is the discussion of whether or not we think the bucks will trade up or back in that first round so let's just talk about that as a concept at large of the likelihood of trades happening, what it would take yep. to make a trade happen yep. in that first round. Yeah, we thought if we just did a straight, uh, who are we going to pick at 27, I'd probably say some name I've already said, like Devontae yep. Wyatt, right? But there are a lot more possibilities because there are the possibilities of both trades up and trades down, and even in the first round. And Jason Light has actually traded his first round pick either up or down three times in his eight years at the helm. Uh, there was the 2016 traded down a couple spots before taking Vernon Hargraves. 2018 traded down five spots before taking Vita Vea. And then as we talked about in our other show earlier today, um, in 2020 trade up one spot just to make sure Tristan Wirfs didn't get away. The, really the big trade there worth mentioning is the 2018 one because the Buccaneers wanted Vita Vea. Uh, Jason talked about how when they made the trade, then it was like you could hear a pin drop in the room for the next four picks because they were scared he would get taken. And then everybody erupted when they still got Vita Vea, but still got the player they were targeting and picked up two second round picks. And one of those, after another little trade down, became Carlton Davis. Mm. So those things can really multiply your draft assets assets, and, and allow you to come out of the draft with a lot more. Or in the case of a trade up, you use some of your assets to make sure you get a player you really covet. So let's talk about that one first in particular. So trading up, uh, how likely do you think that is? And what would be the goal or reason mm -hmm. maybe? Or are there certain players you think they might be wanting to target with something like yeah, that? Yeah, Jason has made some other trades in like the second or third round. And they've usually been up to make sure that the Buccaneers get a certain player like Ali Marpet is a good example. Mm -hmm. um, to make, you know, a guy's getting close to you. That's basically what it is. If you have a guy you think is, or a guy or two that's at a certain tier that you don't think is going to make it to where you are, if you see them starting to slide a little bit, like Levante David did in 2012, at some point it's worth it to you to use one of your other draft assets to make sure you can jump up and get that guy. So I came up with a scenario of, I think it's realistic. Now, predicting any particular trade, I'm probably not going to hit on it right. As long as it's realistic, though, I think it's worth discussing. And what I looked at is pick number 20, where the Pittsburgh Steelers are. A lot of trades in the first round are driven by teams that are targeting quarterbacks. Right. Steelers are a team that many people think will take a quarterback. But the top two guys on most people's board, Malik Willis and um, Kenny Pickett, could easily be off the board by pick number 20. Mm. And then they might be looking at a guy like Cincinnati's Desmond Ritter. But they also can look at every, every team between 20 and 27 and say, none of those teams are going to take a quarterback. Mm. We can trade back, get some more assets, and still get our guy. You know, there's always the danger of somebody trading up between there. Right. But I think they can take the risk if they like, say, maybe two guys, Desmond Ritter and Matt Corral. So the Buccaneers have found a trade partner, and maybe a guy like Devontae Wyatt, they're afraid, isn't going to make it. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they can get all the way up and get Jordan Davis, the other Georgia defensive lineman. Both of those guys are very highly rated. They come in a position that I think the Buccaneers could use help at. And, uh, and they may not make it to 27. And if the Buccaneers think there's a big gap between those two guys mm -hmm. and the next DTs on the list, then it's probably worth the risk. Or an edge rusher. A lot of those edge rushers are going to go early. But say a guy like Jermaine Johnson, which has kind of been all over the board, Florida State's Jermaine Johnson, an edge rusher. He's been getting a lot of uh, good love lately, mm -hmm. and he's been up some boards. 
but if he's sitting there at 15, 16, he hasn't been taken yet, the Buccaneers may start working on trying to come up with a trade to get a guy like that. Right. Okay. And then now finally a trade down scenario, which I, I think sometimes can be less exciting than a, a trade up, but can be maybe even more beneficial yeah, depending on sure. what you get out of it. And so what do you think it would take for the Bucks to do that? What would be their motivation, mm -hmm. much less another team's motivation yeah. in being the trade partner? Well, their mo the Buccaneers' motivation for trading down would be that they have a player that they want to take, but they don't think necessarily that they need to use a first round pick on them, that they can move back, gain some other assets and uh, and, and still get that guy. And uh, that's what I think here. Now, I forgot to mention in the last one, a trade of 27 up to 20. That happened exactly in 2014 and the Saints traded up that exact trade and they had to pay a uh, they had to pay a third round pick to do it. So that's what it would cost the Buccaneers. OK, this scenario, the Buccaneers have a chance to pick up a third round pick, mm. and that could be very valuable. Yeah, they've, and, they've done well in the third round. Yeah. And so if you have several third round picks, you have a better chance of hitting on mm. a guy that can help you right away. Uh, in this case, we're still driven by quarterbacks. And what I looked at was a four pick span from picks 40 to 43. The first two are Seattle and then Atlanta and Indiana. Indianapolis. All three of those teams, if they don't take a quarterback in the first round, are teams that easily could be considering moving up to take a quarterback late in the first round. And the reason that teams like to do that is if you take a player in the first round, especially a quarterback, that player has that optional fifth team option, fifth year on the contract, which is very valuable. And that started with the new CBA in 2013. And since then, it's happened twice. The Vikings moved up eight spots to 32 to get Teddy Bridgewater. And the uh, Ravens moved up 20 spots to 32 to get Lamar Jackson. The trade up that was eight spots cost a fourth and the trade up that was 20 spots cost a second. And so we're kind of right in the middle there. Mm -hmm. So I think you could estimate it would cost the Bucks a third, I mean the Bucks could gain a third if they trade with Atlanta, Indianapolis or Seattle and go down to about 40 to 43. And if they do that, then they could possibly target a guy that they wouldn't have to take in the first round, like Kenneth Walker, the running back from Michigan State. He could be the first running back off the board, actually, or Brees Hall of Iowa State. Uh, they could they could talk take the first tight end, Trey McBride out of Colorado State. I think it's a position, a position you could say is a position of need for the Buccaneers. And another guy that the Bucs have looked at, brought in for a visit, is a Houston uh, defensive lineman, edge, edge rusher, uh, Logan Hall. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of options there. And if the Buccaneers at 27 feel like they've got three or four guys they like at, an, at these positions and they can move back and probably get one of them, they could pick up an extra third round pick. Well, man, these are the discussions that make you remember how <coughs> exciting the draft is, how why everybody loves yeah. it, just like us. Yeah, and if I went kind of fast through all those scenarios, yeah. but if you wanted to read more about them, I put them in my mailbag today on Buccaneers.com. Okay, so you, it, that's where I got this idea for this, and, and you can you can go back and review exactly what I was talking about. Okay, perfect. Well, that is going to do it for us on our final road to the draft for this year. Make sure you are staying tuned to all of the draft coverage on Buccaneers.com and enjoy the draft. Welcome into Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. And it is finally here. We are one day away from the NFL Draft, our final one of these before. But we are going to be doing a live show for 45 minutes leading up to the draft tomorrow night. It's going to be showing in Raymond James Stadium. If you're at the draft party, it's also going to be streamed on all of our Buccaneers platforms. So make sure you check that out as well. So this is our last little one before we get into all the nitty gritty tomorrow right. night. So we're going to kind of look at things from a little bit higher level today, big picture stuff. So first, just to give everyone as, as the draft 
approaches of wait when are the bucks picking again when is that going to yeah. happen how many picks do we have we figured we might want to we, we've gotten so into the individual guys and right. who they might draft we thought that might be a good kind place to start kind of yes so so give give the people the how to watch well it starts on thursday night and the draft itself begins at eight although generally it's about like eight minutes before they actually put the first team on the clock and then that team will probably milk all of his 10 minutes so you might not see a first pick to like 815 or something but the buccaneers pick 27th in the first round you can't know exactly when it's going to be but the nfl estimates that'll be around 1107 if it goes the normal speed mm -hmm. uh, the next day is uh friday night and that's rounds two and three and the uh it starts at 7 p.m all these are eastern times and you have seven minutes on the clock for those the bucks have one pick in the second round as you see there at 60 and one pick in the third at a 91 which are obviously close to the end of the round in both case cases and you can see their estimated times there for when those might happen and then everything wraps up on a kind of a strange day for the buccaneers on thursday because they have a pick in round four which you can see here there's 133 and then nothing else until round seven and it's cl close to the end of round seven so you can see there's 115 picks Jeez. between the first and second and uh, by the estimated times maybe five hours between <laughs> picks so Jason Light and company are going to have a lot of time to just hang out in the draft room. Unless they make some trades, you never which is know. always possible. You never know. And so now also speaking of that, let's talk a little bit about what we think they might do. And we know we've talked so much about mock drafts and what we think is going to happen. And we've done a lot of road to the drafts talking about that as well. So now we are finally here in the last day, which means we know exactly what's going to happen, oh, well, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> when I talk to Jason tomorrow before the draft, I'm sure he'll let us know. Yeah, he'll tell you everything, exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> so for now, based before we get the, all the real insight well, from him, what do we feel like is going to happen at this yeah, point? Yeah, and, and a good good way to put that is when he was doing his uh, post or pre-draft press conference last week, Jason said, we know what's going to happen. And he realized he didn't mean to say it that way. And he said, <laughs> I mean, we have we know what we're going to do no matter what happens in front of us. Mm -hmm. So nobody knows what's going to happen from picks 1 to 26 for sure. Nope. Uh, that's an awful lot of variables. But as we're getting close, there tends to be a little bit more consensus. I started counting mock drafts that are out there and stopped when I got to about 2 million. So uh, you can oh find, you can find. You didn't want to give all two million yeah. <laughs> opinions today. I feel like we should. That would just take us all yeah. the way up to the draft tomorrow. It sounds like there a perfect live show. So I thought I'd look at some of the more prominent national sites and the ones that were most recent. All of these, except for the ESPN one, which was late last week, were posted from as recently as Tuesday, which was yesterday. So, um, or maybe Monday, it was all this week. So these are some of the things that people are coming down to now. This is something we've done several times. Devontae Wyatt from Georgia, that's what Todd McShay of ESPN.com picked. So pro football focus picked. Uh, another team, another draft wire there, uh, they obviously thought Devontae Wyatt would be gone, so pivoted to a different defensive lineman. But then you see some other ideas over here. NFL.com thinks we're gonna go guard with Zion Johnson from Boston College and CBS Sports thinks cornerback and Andrew Booth is the one that's going to be there. And Which these I'm are sure means that's the one you wrote, obviously. <laughs> I, you, you, you're moonlighting for CBS Sports talking <laughs> exactly, about corners. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I do think it'd be great if the Bucks got a corner there, but I'm not sure there's going to be one they love. And then the most interesting one here is probably Peter King uh, of NBC Sports did his mock draft earlier this week. And uh, David Ojabo is a guy that a lot of people are conjecturing, will he still go late in the first round? Because he's the one, of course, who tore his Achilles tendon at his Michigan Pro Day. Other than that, he's probably a top 15, 16 pick. And, and now he may not go in the first round unless some team is willing to take him understanding he may not be available for a good part or maybe all of this first season, but it's a guy that you can get great value on if he can return from his injury and return to form. So, you know, everybody got real excited uh, last season when Cam Akers, the running back for the Rams, tore his Achilles in like early um, August or late July and then made it back for the playoffs like six months later. And everybody's like, 
back from an Achilles in six months. This changes all the calculus. And so I think everybody's thinking now that every guy who tears his Achilles could right. be back in six months. I'm not sure that's that's the case. So yeah. uh, if you're that optimistic and you think that could happen, if you draft David Ojabo, you might have him back and getting started at midseason. And if you think you're a playoff contending team, he might be starting to get back into the groove by the time you hit the playoffs. Yeah, I just already know <laughs> if it's Devontae Wyatt, the confusion that's going to be Devin White and Devontae Wyatt, and <laughs> we are for sure going to mess that up multiple yes. times. <laughs> All right, so let's get into uh, some of our questions from everybody on Facebook. Again, if you have a question for us, you can put it underneath the live video on the Buccaneers Facebook page in the comment section. Um, Speaking of the returns from injury, Alan wanted to know, what do you think are the timelines on Chris Godwin's return? Well, he so his injury was in December, I believe, late December. Um, and if you go nine months, which is what gen people generally say about um, ACLs, mm -hmm. that would have him back right about the start of the season, maybe a little bit before. Um, I know that Chris, obviously Chris is a guy that, that works really hard and is gonna do everything right. So if there is, if there are, if there's a range in this this prognosis of when he'll be back, I'd expect him to be back in the early part of that range. He did talk to the media uh, a while back, and he said he felt like his his uh, rehab was going very well. But at that time, he didn't want to put a timetable on it. Yep. So I think the hopes would be maybe towards the end of training camp, but you have to at least acknowledge that he could miss a little bit of time at the beginning of the season, which makes that Russell Gage signing even a little bit more important because that's a guy that can help you bridge that gap until your other starters back with Mike Evans. Okay, and Richard wanted to know, who do you wish we can draft versus most likely? That's a good one. Well, I don't think he'll make it, so I guess this would be a wish that defensive the other defensive lineman from Georgia, Jordan Davis, would be awfully exciting. Um, also, maybe an, a, an edge rusher. I mean, there's no way the Bucks are going to get Aiden, Hutch, Aiden Hutchinson or uh, Trayvon Walker or um, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. Mm -hmm. Thibodeau, I mean. But, you know, Jermaine Johnson of Florida State has been rising up, so it's probably not likely he makes it to 27, but that'd be another guy that I wish we could, could, could get there. Most likely, I'd still think most likely, it comes down to a defensive lineman or an edge rusher, uh, more like a guy that would be available at that time. In my most recent mock draft that went up today, my last shot at it, I went with Penn State's uh, edge rusher, um, Arnold Ekitabi, Ekitabi, ah, darn it, I, had <laughs> it, had I it. practiced it. You had it. The Penn State edge rusher, yeah, his I name think is Arnold Ebikati. Yeah. There, there it is, Abikati. there it is. Um, so that's, I think, probably a more likely scenario, a little bit farther down the list on those two positions. Okay, all right, well, that is gonna do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Again, we are gonna be live tomorrow night. It is gonna be broadcast here at Raymond James if you are at the draft party, and then it'll also be streamed live on all of the Buccaneers platforms as well if you won't be there and will be watching the draft from home. So make sure you tune in. We're gonna start about 7.15 tomorrow night and we're gonna talk all things Buccaneers off season and the draft upcoming. It'll be about a 45 minute live show with a bunch of other amazing content in it. So we'll see you then.